It's another day in your life. I know this because I'm with you for every detailed nuance you choose to acknowledge or ignore. I'm not really anyone that's special or important. I'm a bit boring myself, and that being said, we'll focus on you for the duration of this podcast. If you ever wondered what happens after you die, why you can't let go of your first love, why you're always choosing people who hurt you or maybe fearful you'll miss the best part of your life among the details of routine, well, that's where I come in. See, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life because you're already living it. I'm here to narrate the details of what you're doing so when you wake up or when you fall asleep, you'll know the day you lived, well, it matters. Welcome to Narratives. You watch the cheese melt through the plastic viewing slot of the oven. The hollow feeling in your chest has settled in more than ever. White cheese melts almost instantly and slides across sizzling bacon that soaks the honey oat bread with grease. You blink a few times to clear your head and ignore the overwhelming urge to cry. The smell is wasted on your tenured senses. Three years working in the same subway, serving the same menu items to the same people on the same day at the same time of day, every day. All those routine hours blended into a few years that led you to the realization seeping into your consciousness as the bacon pops in the oven. You've wasted three years of your life. The catalyst for this realization came in the form of an eviction notice taped to your apartment door last night. After you got home from work, you saw it flapping in the wind as you walked up the second floor of the Barrowin apartment complex. In faded pink letters, the word eviction waved around as you pulled a notice from the door. The deadbolt lock was a different color, silver polished aluminum compared to the rusted bronze you were used to. There was no point in trying your key. It wasn't going to work. Last night, you spent most of it trying to understand what happened to your life. You didn't sleep much, as the driver's seat of a 1999 Grand Prix isn't really as comfortable as your mattress, nor is the sense of safety one finds in a Walmart parking lot, especially just south of Cicero. When the sun rose this morning, you were already on your way to work. The oven chimes. Autopilot in full effect, you watch yourself slide the sandwich tray out in one fluid motion, grabbing the sandwich with tongs, placing it on the cutting board, and immediately grabbing a handful of olives, pickles, and two slices of tomatoes. Hilda watches you with a slightly more focused gaze than usual. You shrug off her concern and finish her sandwich, just the way she likes it. Extra oil, no salt, extra pepper. You wrap the six-inch sub perfectly, creases be damned, and walk to the register where she waits in the same posture, shoulders slightly askew, arms crossed, debit card in hand. You ring her up on the cash register, and as she takes her receipt, she eyes you for a moment. She asks, Are you alright? With a subway bag dangling in her hand. Hmm? You reply. Are you alright, Leo? You pause. It's the first time you've heard her say more than her order in three years. Am I alright? You ask yourself more than her. Yes. She nods and smiles. Is everything okay? You've never seen her smile, 
but it is striking. Her voice is different today. It's lighter, and it lacks the weight of her daily remorse. Um, not really, you say by accident. I can tell. She nods again. You're sadder than usual today. I, I didn't mean to offend you, hon, but you usually look a little sad back there. She glances at the line, then back to you as you look down at the floor, feeling exposed. I remember when I got evicted, she says, looking out over the cracked and overgrown shopping mall parking lot. She shakes her head. I was probably a little older than you are, and I had nothing to show for myself. She shrugs her shoulders. And I ended up sleeping in a shelter for over six months. Really? You ask. She nods. Yeah. I remember I kept promising myself every morning I woke up in that place that I was going to get myself out. Her eyes look out to the intersection. And every night I... I fell asleep angry with myself that I had failed. How'd you get out? You ask as you take a drag from your cigarette. The two of you are sitting on one of the benches just outside the valet parking area of the food court promenade. Honestly? She turns to look at you. I sold myself for money. You feel your expression involuntarily go blank. I've never told anyone that. But it's true. I was an escort for a few months. I saved up enough cash to get back on my feet, and that was that. Wow, you say. I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Me too, hon. She casually takes your cigarette and inhales with tired, shut eyes. After that, I was never the same. The first night I fell asleep in my own hotel bed. You know, the hotel bed that I paid for. That wasn't a shelter bed. I felt worse than being homeless. Why? You ask. Because in all that self-hatred and determination not to let myself down, I sold the last part of myself to strangers. Sure, I wasn't homeless, but... That wasn't me anymore, either. She hands you the cigarette with French manicured nails. A rose gold bracelet encrusted with diamonds slide down her wrist. You take the cigarette and for the first time notice Hilda's remnant beauty tucked away in dark washed denim and Colhan flats. Then what happened, if, if you don't mind me asking? Her light blue eyes smile coyly at you. You mean how did I come to afford diamonds and designer clothes well not not just that but how did you find a better life it takes time Leo eventually I found a man that loved me not before I put myself through school and got started in real estate of course but we got married I had a daughter we found a house a big house and and you were happy. She looks at the intersection, then back at you. Sometimes. She takes a breath. When my daughter was younger, and my husband was still alive, yes. 
But things got complicated as she grew older. They always do. She looks at you, and you hand her your cigarette. She takes a drag and says, My earlier years caught up with me. How so? I was controlling of my daughter. She takes another drag with full, pale lips. Smoke trails out of her nose, as she says. She was young and normal. She wanted to wear cute clothes and go out, and I couldn't think of anything else but being used by a man. We would fight constantly. Yeah, it was awful to her. Hmm. What did your husband say about all of it? You ask softly. He would try to reason with me, but I wouldn't listen. She takes another long drag. Then a few years ago, he was shot and killed in a carjacking. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. She nods as more smoke slips from her mouth. They shot him six times for no reason. He gave them our car, but they shot him anyway. After that, my daughter and I, well, it's been over five years since we spoke. She hands you what's left of the cigarette. My point, Leo, is that despite how awful your life may feel, you have time to make it right. You were evicted last night, and now you have nowhere to go but home. If you're referring to my dad's home, I told you we don't get along. That may be true, but he's waiting to hear your voice, Leo. I can promise that. She sighs. No matter the distance or fights you've had between each other, he's waiting for you to call him right now, just to hear your voice. She looks at you as you try not to cry. Leo, every child wants to go home when they're lost. You nod and put the cigarette out beneath your shoe. Maybe. You say as you stand and look at Hilda, who is still lost in her reflections. Why did you ask if I were okay today? I've never heard you say more than your order in the entire time you've come into my work. She doesn't bother to look up at you as she smiles to herself. The way you look so sad, you reminded me of my daughter. I wish I had asked her how she felt more often. She looks at you. I guess I was just trying to make up for lost time. That sounds weird, doesn't it? She looks down at the pavement. You shake your head. Not at all. I'm glad you did. She looks up at you and you smile as you say. You should call your daughter. You can see the old man struggling with the rear hubcap of a white Honda Accord. The trees that look down on the street and rustle in the humid, unseasonably warm air as it blows through your open driver's side window remind you it's October. Precariously bent over, the old man sweat soaks through his stained white button-up shirt. His hands are shaking as he wipes at his balding head and clears the sweat from his brow. 
Your car comes to a stop behind the Accord and from the driver's seat, you notice a few things. The first detail is a sense of struggle going on in the old man's face. His mustache, bushy and in need of a trim, twitches back and forth as he grits his teeth in defiance of the hubcap's grip. The second detail visible through your Pontiac's windshield is how the white button-up he's wearing is off by one button. It would be funny if he were in his mid-forties, but he's older than that and looks slightly lost. You put your car in park and kill the ignition. You pause a moment and notice a third and final detail. He looks scared. It's not obvious at first, especially if you were driving by, but as he strains to stand up to greet you, you realize he doesn't know where he is. Hey, do you, uh, do you need some help? You ask as kindly as possible. <sighs> it appears... It appears that way, yes. It's odd because his eyes glance around you rather than at you, then for a moment appear to tear up before returning to normal. Do you have the keys? You ask as he makes eye contact with you for the first time. He gives you a nervous look. So I can, uh, open the trunk and get the spare? Oh, of course, he says. He digs into his pocket and hands you a set of keys. A faded keychain ornament dangles from the keychain. The rubber-shaped state of Virginia. Are you, uh... Are you from Virginia? You ask as you pop the trunk. No, uh, I was born and raised here in Chicago. He replies. Then why the state of Virginia? You ask, handing him the keys. That was my wife's name, he says. The old man looks at the faded rubber stayed in his hands, then looks up at you. My name is Helios. It's nice to meet you, Helios. You say and pull the spare out of the trunk. The wind picks up and an awkward silence begins to creep in between the two of you. You pop off the hubcap with ease and get to work. What was she like? You ask. Ooh. Virginia. Oh, that's my wife's name. He says. Right, right. What was she like? She was one of the kindest people I've ever known. He smiles to himself, and the sadness returns to his eyes. She died ten years ago. Um... I'm sorry to hear that, Helios. Me too. The way he says it, the way it's phrased, seems as though he's reminding himself about these facts. You change the shredded mass of tire and slide the wheel into the trunk. The trunk closes with a loud clasp and you see him holding a hundred dollar bill in his outstretched hand. You politely decline the money and he puts the bill back into his wallet. He reminds you of your grandfather, the one with Alzheimer's, the one who lives in the assisted living center in Vernon. You tell him to get home safe and that you're sorry for his loss. He nods and says thank you before pausing with a confused look about your condolences. As he pulls away, you hope he's not alone in this life and that he lives close by. 
as you watch the intersection fade in your rearview mirror. You begin to wonder what you'll tell your dad when you arrive home for the first time in years. Leo was evicted. Was written and performed by Gabriel N. Elizondo. Music and effects provided by Epidemic Sound. Narratives with Gabriel N. Elizondo is a Crown and Coil production. All written content and performances are exclusive properties of Crown and Coil Productions. For additional content, a full list of featured songs in this episode, and to connect, please visit www.gabrielnelizondo.com. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review. It really does help. And thank you for being a part of our story.